If you're looking for a happy place, you found it. This is the Live Happy Now podcast. Hello and greetings once again. I am your host, J.R. Houston. So very grateful that you are tuning in wherever you may be in the world and however you may have found us. We are grateful that you did. We also want to thank our partners, Live Happy Magazine. That is, of course, our parent company. And they have got magazines on newsstands everywhere, wherever fine magazines are sold. You can also find us on livehappy.com or you can find our digital edition of the magazine in the iTunes store or on the Google Play store. We also want to thank our other partner, Life Reimagined. Their website is lifereimagined.org slash happy. They've got all kinds of stuff for you to check out, try out, anything that can help you reach that true happiness. Because as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Well, go to lifereimagined.org slash happy. Today's conversation is a good one. It's with Margaret H. Greenberg, a certified executive coach, international speaker, positive work columnist for Live Happy Magazine. Hey, I know them. And the co-author of the business book, Profit from the Positive, Proven Leadership Strategies to Boost Productivity and Transform Your Business. In this episode, Live Happy co-founder, COO, and editorial director, Deborah Heiss, and I will dive into the field of positive psychology, 31 tools to help you profit from the positive, and advice to help you find your authentic happiness. Margaret, so happy to have you on Live Happy Now today. Thank you, Deborah, for having me. It's always a pleasure. Um, for those of you who don't know, Margaret is a one of our columnists. She's in every issue and has been from the start of Live Happy. But she's also an expert in her own right in um, positive psychology and applying it to business. Um, so one of the things we want to do on this podcast that we haven't done in a while is kind of give people an overview of uh, positive psychology. Could you could you talk to us about that? Is it really just the positive thinking aspect? Um, what is it about positive psychology that is special? And how do you describe that to people who ask you, what is it? Oh, sure, Deborah. Uh, in fact, I'd like to actually start with what positive psychology is not, uh, just to dispel a few, few myths. Um, it's not a whole bunch of smiley faces. It's not being happy all the time. I mean, we're human beings, right? We have all, a whole range of emotions. And it's not even turning lemons into lemonade. It, it, it's, it's not. It's, it's not even, you know, positive thinking or the glass is half full or the glass is half empty. Um, really, to think about positive psychology, it's a science. And it's actually younger than the Internet, believe it or not. Hmm. Despite its like long evolution, you know, people usually date the internet back to about the mid nineties. And similarly with positive psychology, you could go all the way back as far as Aristotle, right? Writing about um, the good life. But positive psychology was actually officially launched back in ninety eight when Dr. Martin Seligman, who my call author Senya Maiman and I studied under at the University of Pennsylvania almost like 10 years ago now. Um, he became the head of the American Psychological Association in 98. And he really made a call to action. And he challenged psychologists to study not just um, disease and dysfunction, which is important so that we can you know, have cures and whatnot, but he challenged them to also study the bright side of life. What makes people hopeful? What makes people optimistic? What makes people resilient and, of course, happy? And that was a real shift for the psychological community. So the way I like to think about positive psychology, it's the study of what's right. What's right in individuals in teams and organizations and really society at large. One of the things I heard Dr. Solomon say, which I, I 
I think is very interesting in talking about uh, founding positive psychology is psychologists had always spent their time trying to make sick people normal. But uh, positive psychology could be the study of how to make normal people better. Yeah, and how, how to not just um, survive life, but how to thrive in life. And despite, you know, the obstacles and the challenges that we all experience in life, life's ups and downs, how can we really be, you know, the best version of ourselves um, and, and contribute, you know, to our families, to our community, to our work? Um, so when I think of it this way, when it comes to um, relationships, positive psychologists will study things like healthy marriages and healthy children and healthy teams. What constitutes that? Uh, when it comes to personal fulfillment, that's another big topic that, you know, you write a lot about in, in Live Happy. Um, what brings people joy, um, happiness and meaning in life? Those were subjects that were never studied before. And then when it comes to business, which is what, you know, I focus in on and how to bring positive psychology to businesses, it's the study of what makes people, you know, more productive, you know, more engaged, you know, what makes teams more collaborative or organizations more successful. So we study topics like strengths, in uh, my personal favorite, optimism, which is what I studied, um, and resilience. So a way to think about it, a real shorthand way, I think, for your listeners and your readers to think about positive psychology is to imagine for a moment that they are an architect, an architect who designs bridges. Now, would you study all of the bridges that have collapsed to become a good architect, or would you study all of the bridges that have withstood the test of time? What That's do you a good think, Deborah? Think about it. Yeah, you would, you would probably study both, right? If you were really going to be a good architect. But the thing is, we've 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 really done a great job of studying all the bridges that have collapsed, um, but not so much studying all the bridges that have withstood the test of time. Um, so think about it in that in that way. That's a shorthand way um, to think about positive psychology. You've been uh, working with businesses and all, all sorts of people and, and helping to uh, bring positive psychology to the workplace. And you've got a book out, and you mentioned your co-author, Profit from the Positive. What, what motivated you to write this book? Both my co-author and I are business coaches. And we started after we graduated from the program down at the University of Pennsylvania 10 years ago, we started applying what we were learning with our coaching clients in, in business. And we were experimenting and seeing what worked and what didn't. And one weekend, she came to my house here in Connecticut for a baking weekend. We, we shared another passion besides positive psychology. We, we realized we also enjoy baking. And it was while we were baking this pie that, you know, we said, wow, how could we possibly reach more people than, you know, the couple of hundred people that we coach every year, you know, in the teams and leaders that we work with? What, what, what if we wrote a book? just so that we could reach more people and share what we're learning from this field of positive psychology. So it was really in my kitchen um, that this idea to write Profit from the Positive, um, 
you know, gave birth, so to speak. <laughs> you know, I've always said, Deborah, you can never, nothing ever bad happens when you're baking a pie. It's only good things. <laughs> Not only do you get the delicious dessert, but sometimes uh, ideas for very helpful books can happen. Now we know. I think it depends on the baker. Well, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't you want me in there, but, you know. <laughs> you mentioned uh, in your book, you say you have 31 tools in the book. Did, did you apply any of these to yourself while you were going through all these uh, experiments? Oh, my gosh. Uh, most certainly. Uh, in fact, um, gosh, I would say one in, in, in particular. Uh, the second chapter is called The Resilient Leader, um, how to give yourself a psychological kick in the pants, <laughs> which sometimes we all need to do right now and then. Even even positive coaches uh, need, need to give ourselves a kick in the pants. So in that chapter, we talk about taking on more of a learner mindset versus an expert mindset. And you're probably familiar with um, Dr. Carol Dweck's uh, work around mindsets, mm-hmm. right, fixed versus growth. And, of course, we consult with, with business audiences. And fixed and growth mindset, the language um, didn't resonate with them because fixed and growth means something completely different in business. And so we shared the research but with them, but we ended up changing the language to learner, creating more of a learner mindset. And we have to do that because in book writing and book publishing, there is so much rejection, like there is in many other places in our lives. And if we had, you know, listened to the first rejection we got, um, we wouldn't be here today. Um, So many times we had to pick ourselves up and say, wait a minute, we have something um, here that we want to share with the world. And a way that your listeners can change their perspective and create more of a learner's mindset is by trying on different perspectives. And I can give you a few if, if you think that would be helpful. Yeah I'm, yeah. Not, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what you mean by trying on different perspectives. So give us some examples. Yeah. Okay, so when we're, when we, when we're feeling rejected uh, by something or we're feeling down that we're not making progress or we feel like we're stuck, you can try on some different perspectives, such as the future perspective. You'd ask yourself, what would, what would you say about this 20 years from now? Now, your future self would probably say, what, what problem? They probably wouldn't even remember it 20 years from now. So future perspective is, is one thing that you can do to create more of a learner mindset. Another is looking back, what we call the past perspective. So looking back, when have you conquered a similar situation? Chances are this isn't the first bump in the road that you've experienced. <laughs> Right? Yeah. So drawing upon past experiences. And then one of my, my favorites is actually the best friend perspective. What would your best friend advise you to do? Besides open the and bottle her- of wine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, they might want to do that, too. But these are like positive, you know, coping mechanisms. And one that we actually wrote about, I think, in Live Happy not long ago um, was the easy perspective. What if it were easy? Yeah, I love that now, one. Now, you know, lots of times, Deborah, you know, people say, well, Margaret, this is difficult. This is re-. well, yes, I know it's difficult. But what if it were easy? What's one small step you might take? So that's another perspective. And then, of course, um, there's always the distance perspective. What would this problem or issue look like from 30,000 feet in the air? What's the bigger picture here? So those are just some ways to, you know, create more of a learner uh, mindset by shifting, you know, the questions that you ask of yourself. 
One of a uh, one of the articles you you uh, you guys wrote for us last year. Um, it's uh, Margaret and her partner Senya Maiman, um was three simple questions that could change your life, and that was uh, our, our our most viewed post online, our most viewed web post. So I think it'd be beneficial for our listeners if you'd share those three questions, the three simple questions that could change your life with them. Oh, thank you. I'd be happy to. You know, there are questions that um, we ask um, as coaches, and I'm sure other coaches that might be listening may ask these questions too, but they're so simple that anyone can ask them. They don't. You don't need to be a professional coach. And it's simply this, is on a scale of 0 to 10, you ask yourself, how satisfied am I with, and I'm just going to start with three domains of your life, Deborah. you can choose more, but how satisfied are you with, number one, your health, number two, your social life, and number three, your work? Now, we just started with those, and there's others, um, other domains of your life that you can you know, measure as well, but we just started with those. So how satisfied are you? And you get, and you just get a, a, you know, a rough number, you know, zero to ten. Zero, it's pitiful. Ten, uh, it's awesome. And you just kind of assess the current, current state that you're in. And then you ask, the second question is, what would each area of my life look like if it were a perfect ten? And dream a little. Now, not everything is perfect, but we could always dream and imagine what might it look like. And this is where a piece of positive psychology research comes in. Um, Laura King, she's a Ph.D. at the University of Missouri, a psychology professor, um, she found that um, writing about what you hope to accomplish really boosts your feelings about the future and actually increases that belief in yourself that, you know, leads to self-fulfilling prophecies. So it's good to dream uh, and even write it down, even more importantly. And then lastly, the third question is, so what can I do to improve my scores and really make my dream a reality? And that's where you get real specific and just pick a couple things. Both Sydney and I are big believers in, you know, small changes um, that can create big positive impacts in your life. That's fascinating. Now, how? So basically you're asking people to do a self-evaluation and, and, and come up with steps and strategies to improve whatever areas they find lacking. Now, do you recommend that someone, let's say they, it's, it's a little tempting, you know, you have the overambitious to say, okay, these are 10 areas of my life and I want to make 20 changes to do there. How do you, how do you select which changes to work on? I would start with what's the easiest and not try to do 10 things all at once, but really build success by just choosing, you know, one small thing to start. So I'll give an example. Uh, I'm walking right now on a walking desk. Um, I spent a lot of time on the phone. uh, And in the past, I spent a lot of time sitting in my office on the phone, you know, coaching people, doing interviews, whatnot. And I thought, what can I do that would actually create more movement in my life? Now, I didn't go out and join a gym, but I thought, what if I got a walking desk where I could just do all of my calls and conference calls and coaching calls, interviews uh, while I'm walking. And so it was a small step. It's something that I do every day, and it's just part of, of my life now. 
taking the step that makes it easiest for you and finding the easiest path, and then maybe that can lead for more. I think that's great advice in everything we've talked about, whether it be personal health or or working toward uh, your happiness. Now, there's one step that people are going to take, and I know you're excited about it because we were talking a little bit before we uh, hit record for our podcast today, is the Profit from the Positive Certificate Program, which, of course, uh, relates to your book. How did it come to be, and uh, what, what can folks who might be listening to this do to become a part of this? Oh, sure. Well, it came to be because, again, there's only two of us, Senya and, and myself, that mm-hmm. you know that wrote this book. And we still haven't figured out how we can be in multiple places at the same time. If somebody <laughs> can figure that out, that would, that would be wonderful. And so we kept getting requests from you know, HR professionals, um, learning and development people, coaches, consultants, and saying, you know, how can we start delivering some of these 31 tools to our clients? or our internal employees or managers. And so it's been two years in the making, and we just launched it today. And so it's going to be over the web so that, again, anybody can join in from anywhere in the world, and we're going to have it at a couple different time zones. And um, it launches in February, and if people are interested, they can just email us at uh, book at profitfromthepositive.com, and we'd be happy to send them uh, the links to register. So what kind of content will you be uh, will you be covering? I mean, really, who is the ideal audience for this? Yeah, the ideal audience is really um, either learning and development people, you know, internal to an organization um, or uh, external coaches and consultants who might be interested uh, or even a manager who's just looking to develop his own or her own leadership and then wants to bring it to their team. And the content is really going to be driven around the 31 tools in, in the book. And I think, Deborah, you saw me um, deliver a few of them down in Mexico City last month. Yeah. Uh, we focused in on, um, I think, the contagious leader, the Achu effect, and the resilient leader. And we'll be going actually through all of the tools and giving people the materials and the handouts and the PowerPoints um, that they can then bring to their organization or their community or their team um, so that we can we can spread this knowledge and spread, you know, these tools um, to just a much broader audience. So um, I know that the book was is, has been well-received, and obviously you and Senya have been invited to speak in numerous places. You all, it seems like you're both constantly doing training or speaking or coaching, and this seems like a really great way to expand yourself. Um, that, that, maybe that sounded wrong. Maybe expand, <laughs> expand the marketplace <laughs> that you're able to reach. I think I knew what you meant. <laughs> no, we expanded ourselves at Thanksgiving dinner here not too long ago. We All expand the, the reach <laughs> of, the, of the program. There is that. <laughs> um, but I know, I, I know that you've also received some recent, ne- recent recognition. Um, I know that uh, last year, Senya, and this year yourself, was inducted to the Happiness Hall of Fame last month. Can you tell us a little more about that and what that experience was like for you? Oh, that was such an honor. Uh, Mike Duffy, who, you know, created this Happiness Hall of Fame, um, this is, I guess, the second year. And Jeff Olson, your founder, uh, was inducted last year along with Senya. Uh, and this year, you know, Mike Duffy uh, contacted me and said, I'd like to induct you, you know, out at Stanford University. And, and I was like, why me? I, I, I was, like, dumbfounded. And um, he said, well, I like to recognize people who are helping other people be happy. And the broader reach that you have, the more people that you reach in this world, those are the people that I'd like to recognize. 
and he started this organization really in honor of his mother that after after um, she passed he really wanted to do something to honor her um, because she was such a happy person and spread so much happiness in this world and so it's it's just a wonderful evening and you know you would think that the speakers that you'd hear that evening it's a happiness hall of fame right and you'd think that everything is like happy smiley faces but all of the stories, including my own, um, were about being resilient and bouncing back from some adversity. Um, we had someone from the Wounded Warrior Project and others that were just so inspiring. Um, I was sitting in the audience listening to the other speakers before I came up, and I was like, wow. Um, so it's just a really a wonderful honor to be recognized and that someone is shining a light on what's going right in this world much like what I think you do at Live Happy. Um, Your articles are always, you know, shining a light on what's going right, you know, despite difficulties, despite challenges and obstacles that we face and overcoming them. And I just think that's so powerful. Yeah, I think uh, resilience and and how how you deal with the world is much more important than what's happening to you in the world. And I, and I think happiness um, researchers and, 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 uh, Speakers like yourself or teachers like yourself really focus on the fact that happiness and, and, and what we're talking about at Live Happy is not about having a positive emotion all the time, but it's about having a positive life. Um, and, I, and I think that uh, Mike and the people that he selected to be in the Hall of Fame really have done a, a lot to forward that idea of thinking that you can, you can be happy and you can share happiness and you can have an impact on other people. And that's so important um, for all of yeah. us. And that happiness, you know, can be contagious, right? And our, our emotions, um, you know, are contagious. And so we really can have such a, you know, a positive, you know, ripple effect in this world. Well, one of the things uh, I'd, like to, I'd like to wind up with right now, because we are, uh, uh, we, we try and keep our podcast to the amount of time of the average commute. So <laughs> we're, 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 running, we're running on time. But one of the things uh, I like to wind up with is, what is one piece of advice that you would like to give our listeners? If what, What's one thought you'd like to leave them with? I would say be sure every day you recognize someone else for what they are doing right. We call it free, frequent recognition and encouragement. And it's actually what, I, what my capstone study was about um, at the University of Pennsylvania. And it's so powerful. Um, not only does it make people feel good and you feel good recognizing others, um, but when it comes to team performance, you can actually, we actually found over a 40% boost in productivity by managers who gave genuine, frequent recognition and encouragement. So do it at home, you know, do it at work, do it when you're at the, getting your coffee uh, or you're checking out at the grocery store. We just have opportunities every day to recognize people around us that are doing things well or doing things right. Well, that's uh, very powerful stuff, and I know it works well uh, here in these offices and elsewhere, so uh, that's, that's a fantastic note to end on. Margaret, we thank you so much for being a part of Live Happy Now, and we look forward to talking to you again and reading more of your work in the pages of our magazine. Thank you, JR, and thank you, Deborah. Fascinating stuff, and if you'd like a free sample chapter from Posit from the Positive, you can go to livehappynow.com. 
We are so grateful that you are coming in and joining us each and every episode of Live Happy Now. We want to hear from you. If there's anything you took away from this conversation or any other conversation, or you have ideas for future conversations, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, on Instagram by searching MyLiveHappy, or you can send us an email, podcast at LiveHappy.com. For Margaret Greenberg and Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long and remember to always live happy. <laughs>